Welcome to Fun Dip and Cherry Coke, the podcast to feed your pop culture nostalgia. I'm your host, Kira, and joining me this week is Aaron. Hi, Kira. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> uh, we just went on a little hike around uh, the Boulder County open space. Mm-hmm. We were going to go see some historical sites, but there was a bad bridge. We got close enough to see. Yeah, that's but... true. We were looking for a... Um, Buffalo jump. Which is basically a cliff that people used to herd, Native Americans used to herd buffaloes to the top of and then convince Over them the to of. jump off of to their deaths so yes. that they could then be eaten. Yes. Um, and presumably other stuff done with them as well. Yeah. And yeah. this one was used by the, the Utes and the Southern Arapahoes as far as I know. Which is really cool to see history. We also saw some cows. And yes. what else did we see? Um, old train tracks. Old train tracks. Some nice birds. Some nice birds. Some nice flowers. Lo- lots of nice flowers. Lots of nice flowers. Some, Some potentially edible plants. Yeah. That we didn't try. Some asparagus. Nice. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is to, uh, by way by way of introducing the historical nature of this week's episode, <laughs> which is going to be the most educational episode to date. <laughs> Which is good. We'll see about that. Uh, I'm pretty sure. It'll probably be a little. I mean, I don't know if you've listened I'll see to what the I other ones, do. but I, I didn't actually. They're they're absolutely not. This will be the first one that I've heard. In the least, you're not. You're gonna listen to yours. I will. Okay. I know. I'll listen to all of them. I just haven't listened to That's any fair. of them That's yet. That's fair. That's so. fair. It's very new. Yeah. I've only released a few. So. All right. Your, your subject, which okay, is... so I would like to get Kira to watch with me. <laughs> <laughs> the 1990. Three Ted Turner epic Gettysburg, which uh, is daunting. Yeah, it's like a it's like a three hour movie. I don't I don't have the runtime in front of me. I'll I'll have to to check it. But uh, but yeah, it's a it's like a solid three hours of like Civil War reenacting more so than it is Civil War battling or like an accurate portrayal of the war, it's like a pretty accurate portrayal of what civil war reenacting is. So, but it's, mm, but it's not supposed to be. It's a, it's supposed to be. It's about? supposed to be like, this is what the Battle of Gettysburg right. was like. And like, it's certainly inspired by real historical <laughs> okay. events. And like, you know, the, the Battle of Gettysburg was a, a hugely significant event, but it's underscored by this historic, narrative that's been overlaid on the story of the Civil War, and Gettysburg is a, a really good example of how that narrative can be used to to sort of change the, the way that history. the historic yeah. story appears. Um, it would be, without, I mean, without spoiling no spoilers. before we watch it, <laughs> we'll spoil the shit out of it later, but... But can you like be more specific as to kind of what what you perceive the intended message of this is? It's right. supposed to be an historic epic. It's supposed to be like educational, right? Okay. More so than it is like a a, a great piece of drama. It's supposed to be like it, it's in the tradition of like the longest day and some of these. Nope. <laughs> we gotta watch more war movies. Uh, these these war epics that are that are meant to present. Uh, the story as it occurred. Okay. Um, and this one follows, as a lot of these stories do, the like main white people involved <laughs> in participation. So <laughs> is, it, is it is it from like a northern perspective or a southern perspective? Um, it's from both. You okay. see both perspectives. Um, it's more about it's it's the unification narrative. So they're like trying to present both sides as human sides mm-hmm. and like create human interest oh, okay. um, on both sides of the cause. It winds up following mostly Southern generals. Oh, interesting. Like Lee and Longstreet feature prominently. And on the Northern side, there are a few generals, um, but there are also some regimental officers. Uh, Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain is played by Jeff Daniels <laughs> okay. and features, I Daniels. <laughs> right. And features very prominently in this story. Um, and Chamberlain was a pretty interesting guy. Okay. Um, so, so you get a little bit of both sides, um, but it, it definitely has a, a little lost cause narrative undercurrent. And what do you mean by that? Um, the romanticization of the Confederate okay. cause and vision. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and it's not like this story, this, this story 
tends to gloss over the slavery issue. Okay. Um, which is like why it appeals to such a wide right. audience. It doesn't right. really, it softballs some of those positions yeah. that are especially like relevant right now. Right. Um, yeah, I was actually, yeah, I was listening to an interview. Um, we're recording this on August 18th, which is a, what is say Friday? Um, so like last weekend was when the Charlottesville stuff all happened. Um, and I was listening to an interview on one of the politics podcasts I listened to. And one of the, um, one of the kind of alt-right guys that they were talking to was saying, well, the civil war really wasn't all that much about slavery. So that's a very common, (laughs) common narrative to hear. It's, it's not really backed up by the historical record. Yeah. Slavery. Excuse me. (laughs) You're going to, you're going to need to, you know, slavery was cited as a reason for secession in like multiple state conventions. And like, it's, it's impossible to deny that it was like a major part of why the Southern states seceded the way that they did. So I guess that's, it's, that's interesting to me that this movie, um, that that doesn't play a part in this movie. Well, without going into it too much, sure. um, one of the explanations for this, and it's by it's definitely not the only explanation, mm-hmm. but one of the explanations for this is that after the war during Reconstruction, basically a bunch of Southern politicians had been preaching pro-slavery, secessionist mm-hmm. sentiments, anti-federal sentiments mm-hmm. for some of them 10 years, longer even. The war happens... The Confederacy, spoiler alert, the Confederacy loses. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the, the issue of Reconstruction and Reunification right. comes along, and these guys are still politicians by trade. Right. They know the job, so they still wind up, a lot of them ran for federal office mm-hmm. or, or, or state office afterward uh, as representatives of the United States government. Right. And part of that reunification was how to structure the rhetoric. Okay. Um, and one of the things that came up was, like, we can allow the Southerners to have their their concept of, you know, their own heroes and, mm-hmm. like, you know, they were, like, brave, self-sacrificing people mm-hmm. who yeah. participated in the Civil War, um, you know, on both sides. And uh, in order to dispel the, the effects of that divisive rhetoric, mm-hmm. they had to backpedal some. And, yeah. uh, and the lost cause narrative evolved out of that. It was... Southern politicians trying to say, like, you are Southerners. You can be proud to be Southerners. Um, Your identity is not linked to the question of slavery. You can be citizens of the United States and still have self-respect. Interesting. So Um, the cause that was lost is kind of the... That's the propaganda. Okay. The, you know, the reality is that there was a treasonous government that was established (laughs) in open rebellion in the United States. It was put down by force. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, except for in the hearts and minds of a of, lot of, you know, uh, people who weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are a lot of like important lessons to be gleaned from the Confederacy, but, <laughs> but it was still an institution that was racist at its core and, yeah. you know, like the federal government, yeah. um, you know, the United States government is no better has not been better historically. That's totally true. <laughs> Absolutely true. <laughs> you know. Well, um, at least they well, not at least, but like they've been more um, covert about it. The the narrative prevails. Yeah. And the reality is that the country was built on the backs of people of color yeah. who well, were being victimized and, and was and was built and is continuing to be built upon built the oppression and, and of held up yeah. by yeah. by a status quo a, Absolutely. a strict race, racial based status quo you know and the civil war helped to like shake some of that into the awareness of mm-hmm. the people but it wasn't until way later that and even still that that's like yeah the question is still basically fundamentally the same you know this question of like human rights versus opportunism right which i guess it's kind of surprising to me that this movie like doesn't get into that i mean it does a little bit it touches on some of it and i'm like curious to hear what you have to say about what it has to say about slavery right and i'm also Um, like not a super historian so yeah um, a lot of the historical stuff is just like I, I get the basics, but like I'm also gonna tell you where they like absolutely fabricated characters. Nice, because there's one in particular <laughs> who's like a very important character. Yeah, for the for the story. That's I mean, 
I don't know. I don't think Private Ryan is a real dude. Uh, no. no. <laughs> but I guess that movie's not claiming to be. No, it's, it's um, a historical or, or fiction. Or who's the characters in Black Hawk Down? I don't even know. But that was real, right? Black Hawk Down? Yes. Yeah, I'm there, was a, there was a battle in Mogadishu. Yeah. Literally the only uh, movies I've like ever seen. Like the year that Gettysburg came out. Oh, cool. So we'll be watching a movie that would have been a war movie that those guys could have watched. So apart from the kind of like this being your, your passion um, from just like who you are as a person like why why this civil war movie like what what is it like why They're did it like, resonate to you yeah and what like what did it mean to you growing up there are like a few civil war movies that did really well in the late 80s and 90s like glory and oh, yeah, okay. gettysburg mm-hmm. and ride with the devil nope haven't seen that is another pretty good one <laughs> with soby mcguire and jewel oh wow yeah um, when they were both like young yeah they were pretty young yeah <laughs> And um, Jewel, wait. Jewel was the the ingenue. Wow. Yeah. She's been she was she already a singer or? I think she was already a singer. Okay. Her name was already Jewel. Wow. At any rate, like it says when, Jewel wait, in the credits. When did it come out? Ninety six. Okay. Maybe. So Jewel was like pretty well established by then, I think, because she. Was, I, I think she honestly, was I don't know enough about Jewel. I, we were actually just talking about Jewel last night at my <laughs> at my D and D game. We started <laughs> playing some Jewel. <laughs> I don't remember Sounds why, relaxing. but yeah, we listened to a lot of Jewel. Um, yeah, I've never heard of that one. Okay. Okay, but yeah. Continue. So there were Sorry. these movies that were like they they, they like created a, an acceptable pop culture stage mm-hmm. for information about the Civil War to change hands. And when I was a kid, mm-hmm. Gettysburg was one of my favorite movies. Because you... So what like what got Why? you into the Civil War? So like I, I assume that you were a fan and then you saw this movie. Yeah. Okay. That was the This wasn't of like the thing that catalyzed your interest. No, no. Like a visit to Pamplin Historic Park, Don't which is a is. private museum in Virginia. Okay. And it's the site of a, a very late war action on the defenses of Richmond. Okay. Um, honestly, I don't know that much about it because I was like, <laughs> I was so young when I visited. Yeah. But like, I, for whatever reason, there was something there that I just like latched onto, mm-hmm. you know, about some of this stuff. And um, how old do you think you were then? Like fourth grade. Wow. Like okay. I was a kid. Yeah. And and so I like consumed as much media as I could. And I right. had a few like Civil War for kids books. <laughs> um, and I visited a bunch of places mm-hmm. with my my mother was really good about taking me to a bunch of these mm-hmm. battlefields. So I got to see like the first time I visited Gettysburg, I was like 11 or you I know. heard Gettysburg is actually pretty boring. Uh, I've heard that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gettysburg's a really interesting town, and I, it's it's the the most lucrative national parks site. Oh wow! I, at least historic sure, site. Sure. I guess I'm I'm not sure about the parks, the right. some of the the um, like Yosemite and places like yeah. that. But it's it's extremely lucrative. There are millions of people mm-hmm. who visit. I I don't want to hazard right. a guess, but there are multiple millions Probably of people. Probably lots of school groups and stuff too. Yeah, totally. Um, and and that weekend, the July Fourth weekend, yeah. which is the anniversary weekend. Right. Um, Wait. So okay. So the, yeah. July Fourth. The please. The anniversary of Gettysburg. Uh, Gettysburg was fought July 1st through 3rd, 1863. Okay. So the 4th, so there were actually a few interesting things that happened during the war that weekend. Uh-huh. The, the Battle of Gettysburg was the 1st through the 3rd. Wait, okay, never mind. I was th- I was like, so America got its independence and, and then I was no, like, no, 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 totally different war. <laughs> but Vicksburg fell the next day okay. to Grant. And like the July 4th of 1863 was just like the greatest July 4th since the first July 4th and they were, because there were these major victories yeah. won in two theaters of the war. Was independence already being celebrated then or like when? Yeah. Okay, oh yeah. hundred percent. They knew they were like, they talk about it in the movie. Oh, Lee's cool. like, there's so much Providence involved in the fact that it's <laughs> the July 4th weekend. You know, he's a God fearing Southern man is the portrayal more or less. So, I so yeah. About, yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, yeah. Um, so as far as like to get back into the like nostalgia, like, do you have any other kind of specific personal memories? Um, it's like a, it's a pretty tame war movie. Cool. But there's like a lot of muskets and, and cannons. Awesome. Um, awesome. <laughs> Katie's home. Katie's home. We're recording. You're fine. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm not sure like what it was about. Gettysburg specifically, except that it like told the story and like focused on the experiences of the soldiers, which was what I was interested yeah. in. How many times do you think you've seen this movie? I feel like I, I had to have watched it like two, three times a week, every week from the time I was in fourth grade until I was like 
leaving middle school until oh I was like in eighth grade. So like I've seen this movie like a hundred times. And this is a three hour movie. So that's yeah. like yeah. And I'd like watch sometimes it would be like background noise, something you like throw sure. on and, sure. and you know, I've seen half of it twice that many times, yeah. you know, or whatever. Yeah. But but this is a pretty common story from what I understand is that like people who wind up being reenactors <laughs> often are inspired by Gettysburg. I mean among others, but like Gettysburg's uh-huh. a big one that everybody talks about and there we, are we didn't mention that you're a reenactor. Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a reenactor. I'm a living historian. Um, I'll see I'll see if um, I'll, I'll see if I can find any good photos to post. Yeah, you, you should. I have plenty of pictures. Yeah. I'll send you some. But, really um, good. <laughs> it's really good. But uh, but yeah, so other civil war buffs and mm-hmm. and living historians like myself, like a lot of us watched this movie frequently as kids and it was like part of what got us interested and like there are even things in the movie that if you go to a reenactment, they'll just like tell you <laughs> this fact that they learned from the, the movie, movie Gettysburg, whether oh. or not they've ever actually looked into it. Oh, no. It's one of those things. They're the, um, the character who's not real, they're like, this guy did this. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, um, how are women portrayed in this film? Uh, virtually non-existently. There's a director's cut uh, that does have some women in it, but I can't actually think of any other women in the movie. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm makes sense well there was one civilian killed at gettysburg and she was a woman and is she in the movie no she did not make it into the movie jenny wade classic she she should have been because you know she was pretty interesting it was an interesting set of circumstances she was baking bread for the federals like trying to support the war effort and the fighting was going on on either side of like her her house was on the front between the lines okay um and a a confederate sniper's bullet punched through her kitchen door and killed her dang yeah poor jenny wade all right well should we do you want to watch gettysburg all right i think i'm ready drink all right we'll we'll be back All right, we are back, and it's been like a decade. We're it's back. It's been four hours. <laughs> four and a half hours. It's four hours and fifteen minutes. Uh, yeah, we did not walk, it's watch a long the movie. director's cut because that was. It was only fifteen hours. minutes long. That's true. I but wonder what they cut. I could only buy it, and that was fifteen dollars. Yeah. So exactly. I opted to rent the theatrical release, which was four dollars. Right. Yeah. I'm comfortable with my investment. <laughs> Is that the one that you watched? That's the one I watched growing up. That's the cut I watched growing Got up. Got it. Um, I guess my first question is, like, do you still like this movie? Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> I can't help myself. Even though I complain the whole time, it just, you know, it's that nostalgia thing. And, like, that's <laughs> right. it's yeah. what, it like, helped propel what has become, like, basically something that I do full time. Yeah. So, you know. What do you love about this movie? <clears throat> I'm really putting you on the spot here. I'm, like, <laughs> I just want to be tactful. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> I, I, like, I like Jeff Daniels. He was great. You know. He's, he's very like Chamberlain is a really interesting guy, and, like, his portrayal informed a lot of how I think about Joshua Chamberlain. Yeah, so Chamberlain is a union... Command. He was a colonel at colonel. the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was a colonel at the time of the battle. Got it. He left wanna, the military a major general. I just want to make sure the audience knows which side we're talking Enter about when we talk about um, the various characters and actors who portrayed them. So Jeff Daniels plays Chamberlain, who was on the Union side. Yes. Cool. He was the colonel commanding the 20th Maine Regiment of Volunteers. Which he was he was a colonel in the Battle of Gettysburg for the Union side. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's about all I all can right. keep in my brain militarily. Right. So, conti- okay. Sorry, uh, sorry for the interruption. So, Cha- no, it's okay. Chamberlain was a pretty interesting guy, and like his part of why he was interesting is that he was a wordsmith, and mm-hmm. he he actually wrote a lot of his experiences up. There are a couple mm-hmm. books that he wrote that you can read. Cool. Bayonet Forward: My Civil War Reminiscences is a, is <laughs> pretty compelling. He had some like really horrifying experiences that yeah. he writes pretty candidly about, and it's humanizing about yeah. a lot of this stuff. And he was, like, extremely diplomatic. He went on to become governor of Maine and then okay. a senator oh, representing cool. Maine. Uh, <laughs> Daddy's <got> some... home. <laughs> this is what happens when we choose a four-and-a-half-hour movie, is everybody who could come home does at some point or another. 
<laughs> one point, Katie came home during um, the last sec- section, and then she left. And while we were watching the movie, she came came back, back. and was like, "This movie's <laughs> crazy it's still long. On. Yeah, this is yeah. stupid." I tried to wait it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so Chamberlain became a governor and then was later a senator uh-huh. from Maine and. There's a story about him when he was governor where there was a, a like, I, it's been a while since I've familiarized myself with the details of this, so I'll paraphrase, but uh, there was a labor dispute of some sort, and rioters marched on the governor's mansion to okay. demonstrate their mm-hmm. their anger, yeah. and uh, he, he came out onto the steps of the governor's mansion unarmed and talked down the mob. Oh, great. I, I read about Chamberlain a lot when I was growing up, mm-hmm. and I've always sort of considered him to be, like, a person who, if I kind of try to think and be like him, he, that would be okay. He was, right. you know, well-read and, and a, an eloquent guy and also extremely brave. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely got that impression, too. So. And he had a great mustache. He had a great mustache. <laughs> there was a lot of a lot of facial hair in yeah. this movie. He had a bunch of kids. A long marriage with his wife. She was eight years older than he was. Um, he had a brother who he was. He had super two close. brothers. Okay, well, at least one who he was super the, close the with. The movie <laughs> mashes them together. Oh, okay. Um, but he had two bro- brothers in the regiment with him at Gettysburg. What other characters did you kind of latch on to? Hancock, Winfield yeah. Scott Hancock, mm-hmm. also a Northerner. What about um, Armistead? Not him. <laughs> um, no, like, Louis Armistead is, is I think, well-known even among, like, people who aren't super into the Civil War, uh-huh. um, at least differently involved in all this than I am. Like, people know Armistead because of this movie, and he was, he was a pretty interesting guy. I don't, like, know a whole lot about him, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, that- just because I don't really study Gettysburg right. specifically. I've just watched this movie a hundred yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. And, like, at this point, I can't really trust its right. interpretation. No, that's, um, that's totally 100% true. hundred percent, and, like, take it at its face value. So, I, like, there are things I could probably stand to research. I'm going back to Gettysburg later this year, and that's... Right. Part of the object is to, like, now that I my lens has matured a little bit, I yeah. want to go back and study that battle a little I bit I definitely want to talk about the the sort of lens maturing thing. I think that's definitely going to be um, kind of probably the meatiest part of this discussion, but I also wanted to talk about kind of my emotional reaction to the movie, mm-hmm. um, like, as a person seeing it for the first time, right. kind of with this, you know... 2017 lens um i i definitely found myself really skeptical of everything except for that relationship between hancock and armistead like that that sort of like bffs fighting on other sides narrative like actually really did kind of like get to me yeah um in an emotional way and it kind of i think they did a really good job kind of emphasizing through that relationship that like it was it had been one country and it was sort of turning on itself kind of does that yeah yeah i get what you're everything else as far as like any other kind of like emotional reaction or to the story uh, fell flat (laughs) very yeah very but that i was kind of like when (laughs) like there's a scene in the end when Armistead is on, Armistead is the Confederate guy, and he's yeah. on the Union side, and it's after yeah. the third day of battle, and a guy comes up and says, what's your name? And he says, I need to talk to Hancock. Bring me to Hancock. And he says, oh, he's he's been shot. And he says, no, not both of us. This can't have happened to both of us. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was, like, really, like, ah. Like, <laughs> I, think I, I think I made that noise. Yeah, you said I think that. you I was did like, make no! that noise. That's right. Um, and yeah. that, was, that was kind of, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I, to me. Now that I'm looking back on it, I I see the metaphor. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, <laughs> you know, like. When it, I was growing up, I don't think I was necessarily cognizant of that. And when I watched it now, I didn't necessarily, like. So, wait, so I'm not sure I can watch this movie all that critically <laughs> because true. of like the way that I that's totally have associated with it. Did that actually happen? Like, yes. Was that, okay. Yeah, they were both there and uh, opposed each other more or less. And Armstead left his Bible with James Longstreet oh, to oh leave for Elmira oh, Hancock, and God. yeah, that all, all that stuff happened. Uh, I thought that was I thought that was really cool. Heart wrenching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. Friends from the Mexican War. But it also would have been, like, a super convenient thing to just make up. Yeah. 
they made, I mean, they made up other characters. Yeah, so, know. like, they easily could they have. They easily and I could have, have no, so, yeah, uh, kind totally. Of, like, qualms about Totally. That. And I don't know, when you apply a narrative to, like, a series of historical events, you you give it weight where it may not have had weight at the right. time the events took place. Right. So, you know, yeah, it's, the frame it's just that you, about how we tell these stories. The, or, like, the lens that you frame it with, kind of, yeah. really affects the narrative. And that was the, that was the only time that I accepted and fully bought into the lens that they were framing the story with, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was too long. <laughs> that's my it's main, a really that's long movie. I'm trying it's to really think of like my overall movie. perspective, and that's that it's really just that it's too long. Yeah, Gods and, and Generals <laughs> is the prequel, and it is also too oh, long. God. It's three hours and 30 minutes or something. It's funny, because as, we <clears> like, <throat> as we were getting the beers that we were going to drink while we were watching the movie, uh, the liquor store was playing Titanic. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's a long movie. <laughs> this is probably like an hour longer than that. Yeah. Like, that it's, was just a nice little... It's an epic. When it's screened in theaters, <laughs> there was an intermission. Uh, yeah. Well, there was in Titanic, too. Was there? Yeah. I don't well, remember that. Well, at least, maybe it was just when it came out on VHS, there were two tapes, and so there that's was like right. a That's right. There was an intermission um, because of that. Yeah. This I had this on two VHS tapes <laughs> growing up. That makes... I'm trying to think of like what else I had on two VHSs, and I think... Fiddler on the Roof was nice. also on two VHSs, yeah. and maybe Pearl Harbor. I had Pearl Harbor on two, on two VHSs. <laughs> no, that's a good movie. Is it, though? Yeah. I haven't watched that I one. I haven't either. I would like to revisit it, but it has Josh Hartnett and Ben Affleck. Like, yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> well, it's a great movie. We'll see about that. And I the understand lady who some of like... the aircraft were the incorrect color. Well, unrecoverable. Well, you know, if you want to talk about incorrect color... <laughs> Uh, the British guy's jacket yeah. was yeah. the wrong color. That's true. Do you feel informed? Uh, yeah. I felt, I felt very, I felt very <laughs> informed watching this movie. I learned so much. Um, all of the different flags. Um, I learned about the, so the kind of classical flag that is associated with the Confederate flag these days is actually not the flag of the whole confederate it's just the flag of virginia army <laughs> i mean you're, you're getting at the spirit of it um and there's also different variations on it yeah the 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 symbol that's been co-opted by the white supremacist yeah movements yeah. the rectangular saint andrew's cross Right. Is the X with the stars in it. Yeah, is oh, sort right. of a, a bastardization of a series of flags that followed the same aesthetic style uh-huh. that were military flags specifically for the most part. And they were square for the most part, too. The Army of Northern Virginia battle flags were square. I many of them were. <laughs> Again, not my like super specific area of expertise right. surrounding all of this. But a lot of the ANV flags were square. Naval jacks were rectangular. There were a couple Trans-Mississippi uh-huh. uh, artifacts that exist that are rectangular. So there, there were rectangular right. St. Andrew's crosses. It's not incorrect to say that that's a Confederate flag, but it's a very non-specific Confederate right. flag. And the message... Well, it is a very specific flag for something that is not the entire... That's not, yeah. like, white supremacy. Right. So, like... The, it's been co-opted. It's a symbol yeah. now that doesn't represent what it a particular and precise historic example. The symbol of the the national entity that was the Confederacy was the stars and bars that I was talking to you about. Was it's that not the St. Andrew's Cross. It has, yeah, the East Headquarters flag was an adaptation of that. The stars were rearranged. Right, so but, it's basically, it looks a lot like the what we think of as like the United States flag now, but the stars are in a different pattern sort of right? and there are three stripes I'll, two red I'll one white try to remember to look it up on wikipedia yeah it's the confederate it. first national flag okay. you can find it cool. if you look for the first national cool um, i'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes and that's like at the beginning of the war that was the flag that people uh-huh. rallied around there were a few others like the bonnie blue flag and you know right. the other flags you probably heard of and nope. the <laughs> um the gadsden flag nope. don't tread on me <laughs> oh yeah, yeah okay um, there were references to similar messages on banners at the beginning of the war. Okay. I don't know. I'm just like trying to kind of point to the complexities of like blanket naming symbols. Right. Because like the way that people have created banners has varied so much. And like the way people have respected banners has varied 
Mm-hmm. Two, the like current flag laws that you have around yeah. handling the United States flag, for example, are like a new. They're not civil war. They don't okay. date to the civil war. The idea of like not letting a flag touch the ground. Yeah, that's an that's not a civil war period okay. concept. The flags carried a lot of meaning, <clears throat> but that meaning was like inherent in like being associated with the blood spilled to protect them, and you know, right. And each kind of division had a specific flag variation. Each regiment had wow. had their own flags. How many flags would you guess there were total in the Civil War? Uh, Just a, like, if you had to, like, roughly ballpark it. I feel like if I do that, like, somebody's <laughs> gonna get pissed because I'm so wrong. Uh, more or um, less than 500. More than 500. Wow, like okay. Thousands. Jeez. Like, okay. thousands. Because, you know, there were, like, three million people in the armed services, oh, one side or the God. other. And each group of a thousand uh, on like like if, if i'm getting super basic about the estimate each group of a thousand had a banner okay. each like each color company in a regiment had a national flag and a, and a state flag wow or a regimental colors okay. uh, there were two flags that they carried with them at all times so they could identify who they were and which side they were fighting for how many horses died in the civil war this is all, just turning into, like, Civil War trivia. Well, they're all dead now, at least. <laughs> yeah, That's for sure. They're, they're all dead now. Um, a lot of them did. Uh, they're large targets on a battlefield. Yeah. And that comes into play in the movie a little bit. The the way that they deployed artillery was guns, a line of the horses that pulled the guns, and then the artillery uh, caissons, the ammunition chests. And by artillery, chests. do you just mean, like, the cannons? Cannons, okay. yes. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he kept saying it, and I was like, I Sorry. think I know what you mean, but I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, you'd deploy the cannons, and then you'd deploy the horse flesh behind them to act as a shield. I'm sorry, did you say horse flesh? The horses. <laughs> the horse flesh? Yeah, that was used to pull it. So, cannons <laughs> were pulled by teams of horses. Sure. okay. Uh, so, they would use those horses to protect the ammunition chests so from incoming like fire. Okay. So, right, so a, a lot of horses died because of that explode. at Gettysburg during that prolonged barrage. Right. Uh, before the day pickets, three one? Pickett's assault, yeah. Okay. At the Battle of Valverde, Colorado connection. Oh, cool. There was a soldier from the 5th Texas Mounted Volunteers. His name was Alfred Petticolis. Uh, and he wrote about riding to the front, dismounting, staking the horses, and then oh. advancing, fighting on foot, withdrawing, yeah. unstaking them, moving again, and then deploying in an exposed position, and they used the horses for cover. And he said, like, none of his men were mounted. None oh of the none God. of the men in his in his company, at least, were mounted after that fight because all, all the horses, horses were killed in, yeah. you know, by being exposed to fire like that. That stinks. This, this movie um, definitely doesn't get into the, like, really gruesome nature of war. Um, it's very tame. It's... It's so tame. Like we were, I was, as we were watching it, I had tons of time to read a whole bunch of articles. <laughs> <laughs> so I was reading this article. It was like a review on this like Christian movie review website, and they were talking about how it was like so great that they didn't make the violence too intense because it means that like all kids can watch this movie too. And apart from a few dams, um, it it is a movie that should be watched by every American. <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to, I don't need to read any further in this yeah. review. Yeah. When did you kind of start realizing that this wasn't? Because when you first watched it, you were young, so yeah. it definitely influenced the like way that I viewed view. I mean, it's continued right. to influence the way that I perceive the conflict. At um, what At what point did it kind of become like apparent to you that that this was not a straight retelling? That this was like a very kind of specific perspective. I had one like particular moment that Katie was present for. I don't know. She probably remembers it where we were in snarfs on the hill Uh and I was like explaining some concepts to a friend that revolved around the state's rights narrative that I like had internalized and wasn't aware of. Okay. Um, And, and can you just really quickly explain the state's rights narrative? It's the idea that the war was mostly caused by something other than slavery. And usually the idea of the rights of the states over the rights of the federal government or the sovereignty of the federal government is listed as the reason or given as the reason. Um, And I actually got called out by a CU professor in public and he just like shattered me down. (laughs) He was like, you're a fucking racist. And like, that's awesome. Yeah, it was exactly (laughs) 
the right thing that yeah. you did, you know, and I How, like, when was it? had How, to sit like, with it. Because uh, there's not a Snarfs on the Hill anymore. No, there? it was a while ago. Yeah. It was like five or six years. Okay. Wow. Um, it's been a while. Um, but still, like, pretty recently, like, you were definitely, like, uh, It was super influential. And, like, I've also, like, being in the hobby is being immersed in this conversation a mm-hmm. lot, and it's rehashed in ways that are not super constructive to really understanding yeah. the Civil War. And, like, this movie resonates in that community hard. How does the community like lean politically is it pretty pretty all over the board so from the uh, there's not like i don't know that anybody's ever counted really um oh interesting it's a little bit over the over the board i think it slants to the right okay just generally and it probably depends on like what side you choose so yeah because i mean there are there are sort of i'm gonna try to be diplomatic about this (laughs) but there are like camps of living historians or reenactors i should say Um, what's the difference between a living historian and a reenactor? <laughs> um, Is that too big of a conversation? No, I mean, it's just like I I have an opinion and so does oh, every other okay. reenactor. Okay. So, like, you know, sure. it doesn't really mean anything. The, the way I, I like to think of myself as a living historian, I find it more useful to think of myself as a living historian because, yeah. like, I'm, I'm doing research by, like, putting the clothes on. And, right. And, like... Well, and you're also doing research by researching right and doing yeah Yeah. i mean i do a lot of research i do a lot of research and it's easier for me to think of myself as an historian than like an actor yeah because i'm not like i mean i do some first person interpretation i've done that where like you you just speak and live as though you're in the 19th century and you're unaware of anything post civil war but that's still i don't know if that that's really i mean that's acting i guess it's improvisation yeah it's acting more than it is like being an historian sure there like there's research that has to go into doing a portrayal but that's true of of, of any acting, acting. And, and that's kind of why i'm like too. that's acting yeah okay whereas like oftentimes I, I i'm just like really i'm just going camping yeah and <laughs> in in like using brain, only brain the, the equipment and leather. clothing that was like available Animal. you know then uh where i am i i try to get really specific yeah. And just, like, seeing how much it sucks. And it <laughs> sucks a lot, usually. <laughs> um, it's, like, pretty hard. Yeah. So, it, to me, that's, like, more research, like, in the pursuit of knowledge than I am, like, putting on a show for right, anybody. Exactly. I'm not... I don't really... I do a few public events. Mm-hmm. Like, I do mostly interpret interpretive events where, like, the public can come up and see the things that I have and right. ask questions about them yeah. and interact with them. Yeah. And when I go do stuff that's just for me, I do like immersion tacticals where a bunch of us all kitted out go into places where we don't encounter a whole lot of modern distraction. Ideally, obviously, it's it's hard to do yeah. that. It's impossible to do yeah. that 100%. But like we, you know, we do our darndest to like try to be realistic about it. And, you know, there's less combat in the way that I do the hobby because like just burning blanks in a musket doesn't really do it for me. That's not yeah. why I'm why i'm trying to do this well it's it seems disingenuous in a way i mean people have fun in different ways yeah and like i don't want to yeah i'm not going to tell you you're having fun the wrong way yeah Yeah. no we're not here to yuck anybody's yum the issue for me is just like you can't if if you're doing a renaissance fair that's okay just don't tell people that that's what the renaissance looked like because it's not it's a reinterpretation from... A, yeah, it's yeah. it's costume camping. And also they wear, like, wings and stuff. I mean, do whatever... <laughs> I don't care what you do for fun. That's the thing. It's like, it's it's fine. They Just wear like, wings I also... I don't... When I go into... When I go try to do an event and mm-hmm. I encounter that, it, it harshes my buzz. It's, like, hard sure. to immerse myself if I'm... If there's... Yeah, if, somebody... if I'm distracted by things that like are blatantly inauthentic, and yeah, um, to go back to the movie, like it seemed like there was a lot in this movie that was distracting you in its <laughs> <laughs> inaccuracies. Yeah, um, yeah. I learned it's what not makes really a what good the Civil War looks hat. like. Um, there are a lot of bad hats in this movie. There are a lot of, there are like a crazy number, like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bad hats in this movie. Oh my God. Yeah. There were a lot of bad hats and like bad jackets and the wrong color and 
and that guy wouldn't be carrying a sword at this moment. And so when, when did you start noticing stuff like that? Like not the big picture stuff, but like the, the like nitty gritty details being off. I don't, I, I don't know that I like have a good answer for that because it's like watching it a hundred thousand times. I've noticed things in frames. So I feel like my like understanding of how to like look at, uh, a living history impression mm-hmm. and to decide whether or not it was well researched is like a skill that's been developing but kind of started for me in uh high school i imagine that must be like really satisfying to be watching it and be like oh i i know more than the people who or <laughs> or if if not know more at least like have more of an attention to detail or like yeah. I have, I feel like I have a clearer idea in my head of what certain things look like. Not everything. I definitely would not have watched this movie all the way through if you hadn't been, like, telling me all this <laughs> stuff about it. That, like, really kind of saved it for me. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's good. So, yeah, I kind of want to get into the kind of big idea of, like, the narrative that this movie is perpetuating yeah peddling perpetuating is better Mm -hmm. um which is that the south and the north had equally valid reasons for fighting this war and the glamorization which we've kind of touched on a little bit on both sides and the like oversimplification on both sides like um we should talk about the rats because I think that was like that was like the maybe the first moment that that became like very that they like really spelled it out was when was it Chamberlain who's asking the three uh Chamberlain's brother okay Chamberlain's brother is asking the three like regular confederate soldiers why they're there they they recreated a Winslow Homer painting and right which you pointed out every time they did yeah I tried to (laughs) and they like inserted a, a story into that right. painting and that's like what they were trying to do there and they took that as an opportunity to be like yeah slavery wasn't like really the cause of the average right. confederate soldier during the so they're just the saying that they, they think that they have the right to be um, to like live independently and without interference um, at one point another character describes America as like a gentleman's club that the confederates or that like somebody else in the club is trying to like get into their business and tell them how to live their lives mm-hmm. and if somebody tries to tell you how to live your life in the gentleman's club don't you have a right to leave and not be part of that club anymore which is like fine that's half the story but they don't like they're like no it's not because of slaves but if you say like okay what do you want to like have the freedom and like maintain your right to do and the answer is like enslave african-americans like it's it's not great like the argument is just like they don't they don't take the next logical step that they need to and just outright condemn the the cause of like fighting for slavery like freedom is fine but like no people shouldn't have the freedom to just do whatever the fuck they want to do like that's not that's not how it works (laughs) and it's it's kind of frustrating that they um definitely gloss over that but on the same like uh, or on the flip side of that same coin the northerners are like every one of them lists slavery as like a reason when they talk about why they're fighting they they talk about slavery as a reason for Right. fighting and they it's it's but it's they don't ever really like discuss it which i think like in a 1993 movie like we're we're progressive enough that like they do feel the need to do more explaining on the southern side than on the northern side there's there's one black person in this movie he's sitting next to a river like drinking water or something and they go up to him and a whole bunch of white dudes are surrounding this man and they're not talking to him, but they're talking about him. Right. And then another dude comes up and basically like grabs his face yeah. and starts like examining his features. Yeah. And it's like, these are supposed to be the... It's supposed to be the like sympathetic moment where you're, <laughs> yeah, where you're like trying to, or they're trying to communicate how abolitionist sentiment was. Right, and, and the that's movie. Not, I mean, the movie wants you to think that they're that this is a good moment, right? Um, which maybe in 1993, like it was interpreted that way, but it's it's not 
It's not It's great. like a weird scene. It's definitely it's, it's a weird scene. It's an uncomfortable scene. scene. And it's it seems um like and then they, like, gratuitous. The two main white men walk away and like talk about basically like, theorize on the back about, and, like, about like, talk about yeah, how not racist yeah. they are. <laughs> Which is like <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh boy, was uh was that one of the scenes? Buster Kilrain is next in my notes, but okay. was yes, he one Buster of the ones was one of about? yeah oh the divine god. spark shared by all men. Oh yeah. my god, he was yeah he was. They were saying like black people have they're 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 human too. They're just like us. It's like oh my god, really? Like you have the need to say this? And then somebody says like oh no, they're not because we're all just pieces of shit basically right was that the gist of that I don't yeah know. i mean sort of he definitely he hey. invalidated the argument for civil rights by saying like people are terrible oh my god that was the scene when i was like i hate this dude <laughs> he was my least favorite oh buster <laughs> like, i well, hated him more than lee he never like, existed historically that's good so thank god that's a real thing um what a piece of shit so, and the way that Lee was portrayed was very, just, like, super sensitive and, like, very thoughtful. There was a lot of, kind of, epic monologuing on all sides. Yeah. yeah. This war was mostly fought by, by soliloquy. Soliloquy, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it was, like, it didn't really bother me when Jeff Daniels did it, because he was, like... Jeff Daniels. Animated mm-hmm. about it. But Martin Sheen as Lee, like, I don't know, it looked like his face was paralyzed. That's actually the first thing that I wrote down hmm. about this movie, is Martin Sheen looks like his face is paralyzed. Interesting. Like, he didn't emote, he just, like, talked in this southern, soft southern yeah. voice. A bad Virginia accent. Yeah. Not a good one. I mean, I, I can't know. do a good one. <laughs> I don't know. But it's a bad one. Um, I, I don't, I haven't spent enough time in Virginia to be able to tell you what Virginia. a good one. Oh, yeah. I can't do a good one. But I just, I don't know, like, it was... He was so... Basically, he just, like... It was kind of amazing to me that he got anything done. Yeah. At least by the portrayal of this movie. I don't know. Is that how he was? Or was that a choice? Um, from what I understand. The little that I know about Robert E. Lee, I don't know a whole lot about the guy. He was, like, a pretty reserved, gentlemanly type. Okay. He was, like, career army. Yeah. You know, um... He, he oversaw the operation that put down John Brown's insurrection at Harper's Ferry. Okay. He was... <laughs> I don't think these are obscure references, but you're, you're making faces at me. I haven't, um, I haven't learned anything about the Civil War since high school, like 2005. Okay. So, at, at, like, at the very latest. Um, Robert, e, Robert E. Lee was approached about commanding the Army of the Potomac at the beginning of the war. Which they was won, the... The Federal Army uh, uh, that was at Gettysburg. Union. Yeah. It, and it may oh, have been the one like, that Sam Neill did? Was he Federal? Sam Neill wasn't in this movie. I'm sorry, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I knew I was going to make that mistake. It's okay. It's like me and my mind in the whole no, movie. I was like, I'm Jurassic Park. Lee, I don't even remember exactly what command Lee was offered, but he was it offered like exactly. a significant command in the in the Federal Army, and he he declined it because Virginia was talking secession. And he accepted didn't... the job after Virginia seceded. To help them stay seceded? Yeah, to fight for the Confederacy. That was like, the, his rationale was that he had more allegiance to the state than to the, than country. To the country. But, I mean, he was a southern aristocrat and a slave owner. Yeah. He promised to free his slaves several times and didn't. It's Great. well super well documented. Um, there's like a myth that goes around that he was like a super friendly slave master but like it doesn't matter (laughs) like you're still enslaving human beings Um, it does not matter how nice you are to them yeah so i mean i think that like i sympathize with sheen in that like portraying lee is not gonna make anybody happy just about ever um well i'm not gonna say nobody all right (laughs) (laughs) um a lot of people did like the lamestream media is not gonna like it i'll tell you that much yeah (laughs) Um, like Turner's approach to all of this was like kind of about like he wasn't talking to Civil War historians about this. No. Um, or with this movie, sure. I should say. Like he appealed to a lot of us. Yeah. But like he didn't. No, it's much more about the sort of like narrative of like American glory on all sides. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And... It's definitely 
like a like a nationalist piece. And I, I mean, I was saying like I definitely like in 2017 see this movie differently than I would have in 1993 if I had seen it. Um, but also even like you know this week versus last week. Like, if I had seen this movie two weeks ago, I would have probably had a different lens on it than I do this yeah. week, just because of, like, what's happening right now. Like, what's kind of on everybody's... Yeah. And, like, why the Confederacy mind. appeals to... Yikes. Yeah. I mean, that's... It's also not, like... It's not fair to lump the, like, extremists right. represented at Charlottesville with, like, the same people to whom the mythos of the Confederacy no, appeals. Of course. Like there are Yeah. There are definitely there are more more mainstream yeah. people who are aligned in more mainstream political uh, political right. ways. Who still um who like that that narrative informs decisions that they make. And there is still I mean there is a lot that is appealing about it. Like the idea that you should be free to make your own decision like i think that is very like fundamental yes to the united states like that's why we have like state laws versus national laws right um is to kind of allow that level of autonomy yeah in areas that are not and i mean i think also like some of these stories are so dramatic about yeah. like what happened during that period that there's like a sort of natural inclination to deify the participants and like I mean, I was saying to you earlier, like, the the Confederate soldier, despite having a despicable, like, underlying narrative that, right. like, created the mm-hmm. phenomenon, like, the, the average Confederate soldier was, like, a self-sacrificing person right. uh, at the beginning of the war who, you know, volunteered mm-hmm. to to try to do the thing that they thought was right. It's, right. You know, I mean, and I think that's like, what you people live, are, that's what people place, do fight for the place that you live. Yeah. Like, and like we see, I mean, people, everybody's indoctrinated into racism. Right. So, you know, to say that you're somehow different from that person is like kind of a dangerous thing. Right. And when you there's, know? there's like, it really is just a question of location and culture. Yeah. And you know, indoctrination yeah well yeah <laughs> propaganda I mean, played a part in all of it and continues to right and so. the, the propaganda that you get depends on where you are where you are yeah so a large number also there's a there's a myth that goes around that says that a very small percentage of confederate soldiers were actually sl- of the slave owning class mm-hmm. um and it that makes sense like, i mean i think that's true of like most wars like, it sounds like the like percentages tend to aim low and there were actually uh, like higher percentages of people who were directly financially linked like to whose benefit or who benefited from yeah. slavery there were people who directly benefited from slavery who served in the confederate ranks and well they and- like they were they existed. I think even people who didn't directly benefit from it, like definitely indirectly benefited from it. Like yeah. the South, um, the South's economy and industry because of like cotton prices was bigger than like every single industry in the North. Was that what was that what it was that I looked up? That I don't remember exactly like it, what it was. But, that's also but not it was really my area. It was like huge, and yeah. the impact that slaves made on the Southern economy is is massive and not wanting or like i don't know it seems normal that they would want to defend that status quo mm-hmm. especially if they didn't realize it was morally questionable or right wrong. and it had been reinforced for a long time that it was not that it was the natural order right do you think this movie is dangerous now like as far as shaping perspectives um i i don't my gut says, like, not dangerous. That's not the right word. Okay. Because, like, one of the things that it does do is it encourages people to look it up. That's true. Um, That's true. It has one of those, like, epilogues with all the, like, this is what happened to this person, and this is what happened to this yeah. person. So it's very much like there's more. Right. Which um, I always like. I think there are, like, parts of the narrative that this film reflects that, mm-hmm. like, that's where the danger comes from. Yeah. The rats. The rats. <laughs> um, but I, I, I do think that, like, for a clearer picture of sort of how murky the waters were when it comes to the issues can be obtained from watching other films that came out, like, pretty close to when this did, which are also hugely problematic. Like, 
like what one specifically? Glory. Okay. And Ride with the Devil come okay. to mind. Um, Gl- Glory's about the first black combat regiment of the. I'm just looking at the dog. <laughs> He's really cute. He's so cute. I got distracted by how cute the dog was. (laughs) Uh, Glory, starring Matthew Broderick and Carrie Elwes. Perfect. Right. Um, Oscar winner. Yeah. Denzel Washington is in it. Oh, that's good. Morgan Freeman's in it. As. Um, And it's about this black combat regiment. Cool. The 54th Massachusetts Infantry, who were, they saw some action and they were engaged at uh, Fort Wagner and one of the Carolinas. Um, I think that's a more interesting story to tell also. It is, I think, a more interesting story to tell. It's also got some big problems with it. <laughs> sure. Um, but, uh, a movie in the 90s about black people had problems? <laughs> but it at least depicts depicts the United States government as being extremely racist. Yeah. And representatives, troops, federal troops, were extremely racist. Towards their Toward like, their black enlisted. counterparts, yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, like the concept of abolition and the concept of equality are v- deeply divided. Like they're very okay. separate things. Interesting. Um, Lincoln wasn't like yeah. an egalitarian no, that's, about that's true about race that's true. politics. Um, um, yeah, and yeah, I mean, yeah, abolition was right. not the solution. Right. At least, not the full solution. Yeah, um, and the other movie, <laughs> Ride with the Devil, is about a German immigrant. Oh, interesting. Who, he's he's either an immigrant himself or his parents are immigrants, but he's in the German community in Missouri. Okay. And gets caught up in the border war. Which border war? The Kansas Missouri <laughs> border war. <laughs> what is okay. the Kansas Missouri border war? That area was like a battlefield for the abolition question before the war, and when the war started the factions involved in that aligned themselves with one government or the other and basically right. like conti- i mean they reorganized obviously yeah. but they like the violence continued um and it was guerrilla warfare it wasn't like gettysburg oh, interesting. it was a very different kind of fighting and okay. there was a lot of like luring people into the woods and shooting them that um, sounds that, i mean that sounds like structurally a little bit more compelling like rather than just like it's it was break a, battle break battle yeah break, it was a battle, very break. it was a different kind of war for sure <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> the format of this movie I was like okay it's gonna be three days all right we've done the second battle <laughs> only one more battle to go <laughs> like, it was it was like a marathon yeah they do reuse a lot of shots too yeah. which is <laughs> yeah, like obvious do. from the beginning which like I guess it makes sense because like they need to attempt to portray this super massive scale yeah. with a limited number of actors who are um, primarily actual reenactors right. of varying quality degrees. Yes. That's <laughs> diplomatic. Well, I yeah, I mean there were good ones and bad ones. Yeah. There yeah. Were good ones and bad ones. It's not just diplomatic, it's accurate. <laughs> um oh, one more thing that I wanted to talk about was um kind of going back to the flag thing and not actually related to the movie but kind of like maybe would have made this a better movie um and going back to the other two that you just mentioned specific especially glory um the that cherokee flag that you showed me like the first cherokee mounted rifles i just thought that was a really interesting thought that i'd never or like fact that i'd never learned was that native americans fought in the civil war primarily on the confederate side or um but at least some on the confederate side some and and at least like officially organized on the confederate side rather than like Which, the federals like, employed indian scouts and things yeah but like they it was just at the tipping point of letting blacks serve right but um, i guess i mean it was fascinating to me because like that people it, of color it, would yeah hold a white supremacist message right yeah but i guess if you're like the enemy of your enemy is your friend, kind of, and I, I just had never, like, I just yeah. learned something. Stan Dwady was the last Confederate general to surrender. I don't know who that is. The commanding officer of the first Cherokee Mounted Rifles. Oh, cool. Wow. That's big. He was a Confederate. <laughs> he definitely was. Um, well, I think that wraps up, like, kind of my thoughts about it. I don't know. This episode is going to be a little, a little niche. <laughs> <laughs> But in a really good way, I think. Like, I think I learned a lot. No, like, very few people have agreed to watch this movie with me. I was, I was, like, Venus flytrapped in. Like, I was trapped. (laughs) Um, 
and I definitely, I definitely don't think I would have liked it if I hadn't been able to just like be constantly bouncing my questions off of you. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully this podcast will teach people something without them having to watch this movie. You don't think that the <laughs> listeners should watch this movie? Um, if there's a way to watch it on like two times speed. Yeah. That would be It ideal. would only be two hours long. That's true. <laughs> or just, I don't know, I think you could fast forward through the battles. You could. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, not that's the right idea. Super great. I mean, there's, it's like kind of cool to see them, but like they didn't really add that much. Yeah. But the reenactment like, battles are just necessarily inauthentic because yeah. nobody's dying. That's true. But the kind of like the dialogue around it and the, the kind of, justifications and the relationships that was all pretty that was all pretty interesting so yes my my recommendation is for people to watch this movie and fast forward through all the battle scenes <laughs> and also watch it like as like with a critical perspective that it's not a true retelling of the war it's a retelling specifically designed to glorify both sides yeah that's uh, fair so that's that's what i think people should do <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Do I don't know that I like would really recommend that like anybody watch this movie That's necessarily. Fair. <laughs> it's also fair. Like I will watch this movie again. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, oh probably God. more than once. Oh, but so like, long. It's very long. But I feel like there are like other movies that better communicate the why War. the Civil yeah. War was significant. I think so too, because um, this one also didn't really like get into why this battle even was so significant yeah like lost over a lot of that too like this was the defining battle of the civil war they say like a lot of people are like i think this one's gonna be really important and there's like a lot of just like weird foreshadowing where they don't really explain why they're right. just they just it's sort like, of imply it that it's significant this without is very explaining important. why which right. like i struggle to believe was the case right. i mean they they'd been fighting these massive horrifying battles for years yeah. three years at that point i doubt that they were like this one's the one right like every time i guess is kind <laughs> of maybe the way that they i mean I, that's I think, the way i could see them doing you, that I but guess there's that's that just that you have to do to motivate your men like yeah but that's it's also different like there are different messages in saying this one's the one versus like we can lose the battle but win the war. That's true. And they spent a lot of time just saying, this one's the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't that, fuck up. That's, yeah. Every so, time they said that, we were like, we rolled our eyes a little like, bit. Is it though? And, well, it you know, is. Like. Yeah. But, a strong case can be made for that. Yeah. This doesn't talk at all about like other events in the country. No. That were basically just as significant to the outcome of the summer of 1863. Yeah. Like the fall of Vicksburg. Yeah, it is very... Um, it's it just very, about... Kind of a tiny lens, like a micro picture. And even then, like, there's so much to learn about that battle that... There, there are Gettysburg licensed tour guides. Oh my god. Uh, who are not Park Service. How much I are, think they're independent contractors. Well, I don't... You have to be pretty familiar with the battle. I know the like first the test? question on the test <laughs> okay. uh, is name to the regimental level every unit involved in action oh, at Gettysburg, and I like I cannot. Yeah, I mean I we saw name in the a bunch. We saw well that was reenacting oh, okay. units. That's different. That's like five hundred one c threes. A lot oh, of the see. time they're okay. just like we're the seventeenth xx. <laughs> you know whatever oh, they're okay. from wherever they're from, and a lot of the time, uh, often it's like a historic unit. Mm -hmm. But, like, often okay. they don't I, portray yeah. that unit, and so, like, I don't see. sweat that. Okay. Um, but there were a lot of, there were a lot of people at Gettysburg. There were, we, oh, 180,000, yeah. we looked it up. Yeah, or 165,000, a lot. Okay. Over 100,000. Over, over 150,000. <laughs> yeah, And yeah. 50,000 killed, wounded, or missing. That's crazy. Out of that, 7,500 were killed. Oh, my God. So, it was bloody yeah and even with the repeated shots this movie did not capture that no it also didn't like it didn't do justice to the violence no absolutely I not mean, and i think it knows not... it knows that like yeah. i think it was trying to i mean that that christian review yeah exactly and like the music like, that was like playing the, during this... the violence like it was like it was glorified in a way that yeah. like as somebody who uh doesn't 
really understand the magnitude of war, but is nevertheless terrified by it. Like this felt very disingenuous in that regard um, to me. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, so I recommend that nobody watch this movie. That's very important. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless they watch it with you. That'd be um, okay if you know. And now I'll understand all the lines that you quote. All of them. Um, and all there of the... is no time. There is <laughs> no, time no time for that. I have told you there is no time. <laughs> and all of the all of the internet memes about the rats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably just the rats. Like honestly, that's the only thing. Mostly I'm the rats. Is the rats. But for um, more rats. Fight for your rats. Um, well, do you have anything else to say before we sign off, Kenna? Should have gone to the right. Should have gone to the... <laughs> I don't know. Gone, I don't Should have gone, gone to the right! <laughs> <laughs> that's a line from the movie. Um, well, yeah, that's been our podcast. Uh, we have a Twitter page. It's at Fun Dip Pod. Um, you can find us on Facebook as well. Um, get in touch with us. Send us a message. Send us all your 90s videos. And uh, you can subscribe on iTunes. It really helps boost the show to do that and rate and review it. And I think that's it. Um, Aaron, let's do a toast to the rats. To the, to the rats. <laughs> to the rats. <laughs> Bye.